All right, a little quick review from last Sunday. Um, we said, we asked the question, how many of us want to live in financial freedom? How many of you like to live in financial freedom? So I know what that is, Pastor Kevin, that's living debt-free, well, maybe. Or that's living with, by Dave Ramsey's envelope system, maybe. It can involve all those things. But we're talking about stuff also that money cannot buy, right? That only comes from God. So God created the way that money works. Uh, man invented currency, but there's always been value or resources on the planet that God put here, and he put them here for you. That's already good news, isn't it? So uh, whether you're watching us online or you're in the congregation in, in person this morning, there are blessings with your name on it. And you've just got to claim it, right? How many when the guy comes to your door, the Amazon Prime guy, you got to sign for the box? I don't, I don't know. What, what are they going to do if I don't sign? I guess they don't leave the box. I don't know. But you got to sign for your package. How do you sign for your package? We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk, kind of do a quick recap on what we covered last week about how to tip the scale of God's provision and God's protection in your favor. Ever felt like the scales were stacked against you? Well, but they're really not. They're really stacked in your favor. I'm going to show you how to tip them in your favor. So we talked about it last week. We learned that if we honor God with the first, it tips the scale in our favor. Now, you can't just tip God. Tipping God doesn't tip the scale. But tipping the scale in your favor involves doing something very specific, giving God or honoring God with your first, the first of your time. How many of you put God first in, your, in any area of your life? Wherever you put God first, he comes into that area. And when he comes into an area, what does he do? He blesses it. Exactly. He brings provision. He brings peace. And he brings protection. And he brings prosperity. Oh, it's just good to have God on your side, right? So when you honor, put God first in your marriage, he prospers your marriage. He brings peace into your marriage. He protects your marriage. When you put God first in your finances, he brings peace into your finances. He brings provision to your finances. He brings protection to your finances. Anywhere you put God first, he comes into that area and he brings all of his goodness with him. So we said, how do you tip the scale in your favor? We saw where we had, um, we had these 10 bags over here. And these 10 bags represent your money, however much, you know, whatever your income is every week or whatever your... How many of you get paid every week? All right, how many get paid every other week? Once a month? Once every six months? Anybody? You? <laughs> Once a year? How many of you are just trying to get paid? Just don't care when. I used to have a guy that came to church here. He got paid once a year. And, uh, and he was a tither, so he tithed once a year. So it was, always a, uh, it was always a big tithe check. So what you do is you take the first tenth. Tithe is a Hebrew word, and it means a tenth. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenths. So we're going to take the first one. That's the one on top. And what you do with the first one is a test. So if you honor God with the first tenth, it tips the scale in your favor. Now, I know nine are supposed to weigh more than one, but when you honor God with the first, in God's economy, the first is heavier. It means more. And I'll tell you why. Because that's what God did. He took his only begotten son, he took his first and his best, Jesus, and he gave him 
for us as our substitute, as our sacrifice. And when God gave his son Jesus, what did it do? It tipped the scale in our favor. The, when you give God the first, what does it do? It redeems the rest. God gave his first, Jesus, and it redeemed the rest of us. Hallelujah. So when you tithe or honor God with your first 10% of your income and increase, you're doing something that is symbolic of what God did. You're doing, you are living out symbolically, John 3.16, and you're living it out actually. And I'll tell you why in just a moment. You're living out your personifying God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So let's look at a couple of verses today. And let's see what carries the most weight with God. Let's go to Genesis chapter 4, the book of beginnings. We started here last week and we said that Everything can be found everything can be found in seed form in the book of Genesis. It's the book of beginnings. One of my professors in Bible college used to say, in the Old Testament, in the Old, the New Testament is concealed. In the New Testament, the Old Testament is revealed. He said it in the old, the new concealed, in the new, the old revealed. We just thought, wow, he was like 80 years old. He's a rapper. It was really cool. But, but everything, I think everything you find in Scripture, you can find it in seed form in the book of Genesis. So we talked about the book of Genesis last week. The first thing that God did after he made man was he blessed him. Amen. First thing he did. Made him, blessed him. So you're created and you're blessed. Chapter 4 of Genesis, verse 1. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. She was thinking this was a fulfillment of the prophecy God gave about that the seed of a woman would crush the head of the serpent. Then she bore again, and this time his brother Abel. Now we, a lot of theologians think that these are twins, that Cain came first and then Abel. There's nothing that definitively tells us that, but it's not a bad theory. And now Abel was the keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering from the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn, everybody say firstborn, firstborn. of the flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. How many want God to respect your offering? Amen. I mean, if he doesn't respect it, why give it, right? But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Brother got mad. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? So Adam and Eve, they were trying to raise a little Cain, but they weren't able. And he said, God said, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well... Sin lies at the door, and it desire, its, de, its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now, Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And as it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? The answer to that is yes, by the way, we are. And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So 
we read where one's offering was respected, one's offering was not respected. In fact, the very first murder goes all the way back to offering time. I know so people get mad during the offering. People give funny when you talk about their money. It goes all the way back to the, to the beginning. In fact, there was such anger that somebody rose up and killed somebody over the offering. Do y'all know that every time we pass the plate, it gets dangerous up in here? <laughs> now, Cain said, his attitude was, I'm gonna, God, I'm going to bring you something. I'm going to do it when I want to. I'm going to give you how much I want to give you. I'm going give to give it to you when I want to give you and how I want to give it to you. And God said, love you, Cain, but I do not respect that. Wow. You would think God would be like, hey, a lot of people are there coming at me with their hand out. At least Cain's bringing something. But how many know that's not how God sees it? Because wow. that's a poverty mentality, and God doesn't have a poverty mentality. Amen. So... <clears throat> Abel, on the other hand, he said, because a lot of people, they think, well, if I just had more money, I'd be a better dad. I'd be a better spouse. If I just had more money, you know, I'd be a better church member. But it isn't your money that has weight with God. It's what you do with the first portion of what you do have that has weight with God. Well, if I had a million dollars, I'd tithe. You lie, you fry. Because you got a hundred dollars and you won't give God ten. It's obedience. It's an attitude. So the title of the message today is How to Have an Able Heart. How to Have an Able Heart. We don't need people raising cane up in the church. We need, an able, we need able hearts. Right? So it's what you do with the first that you do have. Because many people, many of God's people live like Cain. The first thing they do is they fund their retirement. They fill the pantry. They pay their mortgage. And again, there's nothing wrong with those things. But whenever, whatever you do with the first depends on on who you're thanking for all your need. For example, when you pay your mortgage first, you're saying, thank you, mortgage company, for the roof I have over my head. Or thank you, Visa or MasterCard, for my lattes and my weave. <laughs> weave with a V. I said that last week. Somebody said, why are you talking about weed up in church? I said, I didn't say weed. I said weave. <laughs> this ain't Colorado. Anyway. But there's nothing wrong with, with mortgages. There's nothing wrong with lattes or weave. The weave. But the problem with those things are none of them can supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But when you honor God with the first, what you're doing is you're saying, God, thank you for supplying all my need according to, uh, I mean, if, if you won't weave, he wants you to have it. 
You wouldn't believe last week when I brought this up, how many white people came up to me with questions after the service? <laughs> but <clears throat> remember, when you get paid, every time you get paid, it's a test. Only a test. And the test is, who are you going to trust and thank for all your provision? Who are you going to honor? What are you going to honor? Because it's the first that has weight with God. The first. Now, last week, I told y'all this was not going to be a financial kind of or giving kind of a series. Hashtag blessed. I was just going to talk about the gateway to being blessed is becoming a tither. We talked about that last week. And I prepared a totally different message for this week. And then yesterday... The Holy Ghost said, <clears throat> you didn't ask me about that. So we're going to go with this, an able heart. So I'd rather obey God and, uh, uh, than, uh, you know, I'd rather obey God and upset you than upset him and obey you. So I'm going to go with what he told me. Because I had a great message prepared, I promise. Come back in November and I'll preach it. It's really good. Anyway, so um, God says this. I want you to listen very carefully. God says, I reject everything except your first. That's what he gave. That's what he expects us to give. He rejects everything but your first. So let's say you make um, $4,000 a month, and you're like, Man, I like Pastor Kevin, and I like Harvest Church. You know, no perfect people allowed, and and uh, they got you know vibey music and <clears throat> cool lights, and, and you know I'm gonna throw a fifty in the plate, and that's great. You tipped God, but tipping God doesn't tip the scale in your favor because you're three hundred fifty dollars a month short on honoring God with your first. That's how it works. And a lot, may I just say. This is what keeps a lot of Christ followers infants in the spirit instead of growing up into the full stature of who they could be. I know it's getting quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning, but that's all right. It's just a test. It's just a test. All right. So last week I invited you to participate in the 90-day challenge. The 90-day challenge is something that we do here at Harvest to give folk the opportunity to test God. Now only, you say, well, you're not supposed to test God. You're right, except in one area. The only area where God invites us to test him is when it comes to resources. He says in Malachi chapter 10 and verse 8, he says to the children of Israel, he goes, will a man rob God? And everybody's like, no, heck no. Heaven no. We're not going to rob you. God, that would be stupid. He goes, but you've robbed me. And they're like, uh, how have we robbed you, God? And he says, in the tithe and in offerings. And then he says, Bring all the tithe. How many know the reason he said all is because some people are just bringing part of it? Because some people are really smart. They own their own businesses and they take a $30,000 a year salary and their business pays for all their expenses. And it's smart. You can save on taxes that way and there's nothing wrong with it. But their business profited $1.2, $1.3 million, And they say, well, I honored God. No, you didn't. You tipped him. If you want to honor God and you own the business, then you honor him with your profits, with your increase. Now, if you don't own the business, don't try to bring that money up in here because that's stealing, okay? <laughs> Unless you get permission to do so. 
Now, the reason the verse goes on to say, bring all the tithe into the storehouse, and then God says, prove me now in this. Test me. The PK translation says, I double dog dare you to show me the money. And what does God say he will do in response to someone bringing the tithe or honoring him with the first? He says, see if I won't throw open the floodgate of heaven and pour out such blessing on you, you don't have room to receive it. Then on top of that, I'll rebuke the devourer. It's a good deal. In other, have you ever seen Shark Tank? Cool show. I like that show. And they're like, well, I'll give you the money that you need to start to expand your company, but I want 58% ownership. God's only asking for 10% to be your partner. It's a good deal. Amen. And he doesn't fail in business. So I invited you to take the 90-day challenge. And the 90-day challenge is I invite you to tithe or honor God with your first 10% on all your income and increase for 90 days. And if at the end of 90 days, you can say, well, God's word's not true. There's, I am not blessed. Then we'll just give you your money back. And the reason that we co- so confidently do that is because if God says, test me and see if I won't do it, then we're like, well, if God's pretty confident about it, then we could be confident about it too. So we're going to put that safety net under you because I understand if you've never done that. I've been doing this since I was seven years old. I've been a tither. I got a dollar a week allowance and I brought a dime to church. And then I learned about missionaries. And so since my cost of living was a lot lower back then, I brought more of a percentage of my, my income to the church, and I helped missionaries. So uh, we're going to give you that safety net. Because if you've never done this before, it's, uh, it's, just a, little, ooh, it's a little nerve-wracking, but it takes faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? Y'all with me out there? Tracking with me? Because some of you, I love you and God loves you. you come, you've been coming to church here for years, and you're still not a tither. That's kind of like going to your favorite restaurant, and when the waitress turns her back, you sneak out without paying the bill. You walk the check. You eat the food, but you don't pay the... And did you know... I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm just going to... Let me get back to my notes here. I get all excited. I'm going to tell you why living this way is so important. And first, let me tell you why it's the reason it's not important. The reason that we want you to tithe and honor God is not because this 1970s model building needs a new roof. It may or may not. And if you're sitting right over there and it rains, you're going to get baptized. I'm just telling you. <laughs> but we're going to fix it soon. But that's not why it's important that we live this way and that we honor God with our first. And it's not because the pastor needs to go faster than I need a you know, sports car. I'm not opposed to sports cars. But that's not why we want you to live this way. I'm going, to tell you, I'm going to tell you the real reason. I don't ever want you to forget this. If anybody ever asks you, oh, they just, all they want is your money. Well, so does your dentist, by the way. But anyway, here's why it's important that we live this way. Never forget this. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Put this, write this. This is one you can write in the fly leaf of your Bible. It's that important. Here's why it's important that everybody lives this way by honoring God with their first. You ready? Because everybody matters to Jesus. He wants all to be saved. In fact, the Apostle Peter wrote by the Holy Spirit, he goes, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So you want to know God's will? 
He's not willing that any should perish. So God's plan A to reach suffering humanity with the gospel is the local church. It's his bride. That's God's plan. God's plan is the local church. It is his bride. Let me read a verse to you. It's in 2 Chronicles chapter 31. 2 Chronicles 31 and verse 4. They're going to put it on the screen for you, but this is what it says. It says, Moreover, he commanded the people who dwell in Jerusalem to contribute support to the priests and the Levites, that they might devote themselves to the law of the Lord. And as soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits. Everybody say abundance. abundance. That's a nice word, isn't it? Everybody say first fruits. They brought in the first fruits of grain and wine, oil and honey, and of all the produce of the field, and they brought it in abundantly, the tithe of everything. They brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. And the children of Israel and Judah, who dwelt in the cities of Judah, brought the tithe of oxen and sheep, also the tithe of holy things, which were consecrated to the Lord, and they laid them in heaps. Now, can you just imagine that for a moment with me? This is like a pastor's dream verse. Be it unto me, Lord, according to your word. A heap offering. Now, before you just imagine heaps and heaps up here, I want you to imagine that you have heaps and heaps and that your tithe is a heap. Amen. Just your tenth, just your first is a heap. You got nine heaps left over. I pray that God heaps it on you and that we could have a heap offering. That every Sunday would just be a heap offering. Heap it coming. Heap it coming. (laughs) And the third month, they began laying the offering, the tithes in heaps, and they finished in the seventh month. Y'all think we have long services. You think we talk about money a lot. Four-month offering right here. This was a campaign, baby. I mean, they... Verse 8, and when Hezekiah and the leaders came and saw the heaps, they blessed the Lord and his people. So when people who've been changed by Jesus obey Jesus in this area, it reaches more people. When people that have been transformed by Jesus obey God in this area, more people are transformed by Jesus. That's why it's important that we do this. So when, when you say no to bringing your first to honor God, what you're really saying no to is more people coming to Christ. Now, I don't know how many people have been born again so far this year in our church. It's, it's hundreds. I don't know how many children have learned about their Bible and jump kids. and uh, I know we've rescued... Eight to ten children from human trafficking in India. I mean, if it was just one, that'd be worth it. Uh, we're, right now, we're training 70 leaders that I know of, church planners over there. In about a week, I'm going to go and encourage about 300 church planners that are planning churches in places where there is no church in the third world country. Uh, I, mean, I don't know how many people we led to Christ down at Biola Battery a couple of weeks ago. How many children? We gave hundreds of children backpacks so they could go to school with school supplies in a backpack. Uh, we're going to give away hundreds of Thanksgiving meals here in a couple of weeks in November. 
I, I don't, I, don't, I could go on and on and on, but all that happens because people honor God with their first. Now, and again, I don't know what percentage of our congregation tithes, but I do know it's not 100%. And I know it's not 50%. Some of you have been walking the check for years, eating, but not honoring God. Now, I know you didn't come to church to get beat up, so... I'm not going to beat you up. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to inspire you to do the word because your blessing is on just on the other side of your obedience. And you've been wondering, why am I struggling with this? And why do I go through this? And just when I think, and then the washing machine breaks, and then the clutch goes out. Why? Well, I'm telling you, you need the devourer rebuked in your life. So I said all that to say that when we honor God with our first... I do know that I'm believing God for our first million dollar year as a church. Hallelujah. Okay, we're not currently on track for that. But if 50% of our congregation honored God with their first, we would hit about 1.2 million. So if 100% tithe, woo, come on Jesus, make it rain. Now, I know that's funny, but I'm trying to keep it light because people get funny when you talk about their money. But that's the big fallacy is that you think it's yours. Just keep looking forward and smiling and nobody will know I'm talking about you. I need three volunteers. All right, thank you, Eric. Come on up. Josh, come on up. Come on, man. Three volunteers. All right, this is Robert, Eric, and Josh. A turnaround face congregation. So here's a hypothetical story. I'm going to India for three months, and I'm asking these brothers to take care of my bride, my wife, while I'm gone. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to wire $10,000 a month into your account, and all I want, need you to do is to bring my wife $1,000 every month. Take care of her. It's not a bad deal. So... Revival breaks out in India. I got to stay a little longer. I keep sending money. So I'll call my bride and I say, hey, how the guy's been doing? She goes, oh, but most of them been doing pretty good. Uh, okay, well, uh, how's Robert doing? Man, Robert, he's clockwork, man. First of every month, he brings a thousand bucks. Bam. I'm like, that's awesome. All right, well. And she goes, and Eric, man. First month, he brought 1500 Second month, he brought 2500 And the third month, he said, here's 2500 again. Let me know if you need more. I'm like, that's my man, Eric. Appreciate it. I said, how's Josh doing? She goes, we need to talk about Josh. <laughs> First month, he brought $750. Second month, he brought $200. And I didn't even hear from him the third month. I don't know where he is. So next time I need to go to India... Who am I going to entrust with more? <laughs> Eric and probably Robert, but I'm just going to take Josh's 10 grand and I'm going to give it to this guy because I know, right? All right, thanks, y'all. You want to be seated? <laughs> give it up for these guys, especially Josh. <laughs> now, pop quiz. Do you know what Jesus calls Harvest Church? Blessed his bride. Exactly, his bride. Now, I know she's not perfect. Yeah, we're going to be one day. 
but we are God's plan for reaching our city and reaching lost humanity. This is his bride. And he's saying, all I want you to do is bring the first 10% to my bride, to my wife. Because the heart of Cain, when you do your own thing first, the heart of Cain leads to pain. The heart of Abel, on the other hand, remembers that because others gave, I could be saved. Because others gave, I was saved. And they want to give so that others can hear and be saved. Quick question. How many of you would say your, your life has been radically changed here at Harvest Church? Just wave your hand at me real quick. Either you're born again or baptized. or That's awesome. That's a lot of hands. So everybody who's a giver and a tither, you have a part in, in that investment into the lives that just raised their hands. Yeah, I've been changed. You have an eternal return on your investment in your heavenly portfolio. It's awesome. It's awesome. Now, when you, because we want more people to raise those hands, because we want to fill up that section, we're going to keep giving and we're going to keep expecting God to throw open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing that we don't have room enough to receive because how many know as long as there's lost people in Mobile, we want to grow and reach more people. And I get an amen, somebody. So, Hebrews 11, 4. But let's look at one more verse before we go today. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4. I'm going to put it on the screen. It's talking about Abel. This is the faith hall of fame in Scripture. And it says, by faith... Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Everybody say more excellent. Through which he obtained. Now listen, interesting phrase. He gave by faith and by giving in faith he obtained something. What did he obtain? He obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and through it, through his gifts, he being dead, Abel being dead, still speaks. Here's what I want you to see before we close today, is that when you give, whether it's an act of kindness, whether it's feeding a homeless person, whether it's opening up your home and being hospitable, inviting people in, giving in the offering when the plate goes by, supporting a missionary, anything, when you give, any act of generosity, it still testifies on your behalf. It talks about you after you're gone. That's amazing to me. Everybody say money talks. What's it talking about? It's talking about you. It speaks about you. It testifies about whether you had an Abel heart or a Cain heart. Right? If you think of it this way, this is really extreme, but Cain murdered his brother. Think about that. If you're not a tither, what are you? You're keeping people from eternal life. But when you're a tither, you're participating in John 3.16. You're doing what God himself did. God so loved the world that he gave his first and his best. And it tipped the scale 
in our favor. He redeemed all the rest. When you give, it helps others be redeemed. Jesus paid it all. He always paid the price of redemption, but it enables us to get the gospel out, to reach the unreached. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know if this is what you came to hear today, but this is what we have for you. This was the meal. I'm the dude with the spiritual food, and this is what the, the chief chef gave me. Changed my message. I was going to do something completely different. So as we grow in this church, I'm telling you, we're going to see every area of our church improve in excellence. We're going to see people, we're going to hear testimonies about people that were just notorious sinners. They're going to get saved, be a part of this church. Famous sinners, infamous sinners, because that's just how good our God is. I'm so glad somebody gave so I could hear, so I could hear the gospel. How about you? Now, if you've never, the most important thing you can never give God is yourself. First of all, you got to know three things. Admit that you cannot earn it on your own. You don't deserve it. You can't earn it. Number two, believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and they buried him. He didn't just die for you. He died as you. And then confess him as the Lord and the boss of your life. Meaning either you're calling your own shots or you're looking to him to call the shots. You're either living your way or Yahweh. You're going to serve somebody, right? There should be a song about that. It might be the devil. It might be the Lord. You're going to serve somebody. Yeah. Dylan. And he's right. You're serving somebody today. You're either serving God or mammon. You're either serving yourself or you're serving Jesus. You might be serving an addiction, a craving, an appetite yourself. You might be chasing some, serving some fantasy, some dream. Because you know what? You can, you can, whatever you set your mind to, you can succeed. But you might not succeed at what God's called you to do. You might climb the ladder of success and find you it's leaning against the wrong wall. But good success is when you do what God's created, ordained and created you to do. And if you're not living that life, I want to invite you by the Holy Spirit to yield yourself to Jesus and his Lord. Let him be the boss of your life. Whether you're watching us online, in the family venue, or in here, I'm going to pray the prayer of salvation. I want you to bow your heads right now. And if, you've, if you need to make Jesus your Lord, if you need to get right with God, if you're backslidden, you're not walking in your divine destiny, I want to give you an opportunity right now to get things right with God. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to shine a light on you or anything like that. But if you want me to include you in this prayer, would you raise your hand right now and say, that's me, Pastor. Include me in that prayer. Hands all over the place. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Too many to count. Come on, let's pray right now, everybody. If you're online watching, join us right now. Say, say dear Lord Jesus, I forsake my sin. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying as me. But you were raised from the dead for me, as me. I am therefore victorious over sin, death, and the grave. And I declare you are my Lord. You're my boss. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live this new life. From this day forward, I'm yours. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Can we just celebrate a little bit right now for those who just made Jesus the Lord of their life? Amen.